2 Corinthians chapter 5 and beginning at verse 11. Since then we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade men. What we are is plain to God and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We're not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. If we're out of our mind, it is for the sake of God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation, and we are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So this is one of the two places in the New Testament that Paul specifically uses this word, ambassador, and talks about us being Christ's ambassadors or ambassadors for Christ. But what are we understanding by the term ambassador in our kind of human speak and in the world in which we live? Well, the Oxford English Dictionary, which is always a good place to start to find things out, tells us that uh, an ambassador is an accredited diplomat sent by a state as its permanent representation in a foreign country. An accredited diplomat sent by a state as its permanent representation in a foreign country. And I'm reliably informed by somebody who knows a lot more about um, being an ambassador than I do. Um, This is seen as an incredible privilege a real responsibility, an opportunity, certainly within the UK, to serve Queen and country. It means leaving family and friends behind. It means being an ambassador 24-7, all day, every day. It might mean being sent to dangerous places. It might be that for expatriate communities might look to you for help in times of crisis. The ambassador there within an embassy is there to set the tone of the embassy as well. They're to be a role model in their behaviour and to represent the nation that sent them. And we also sometimes talk about um, being an ambassador in more general terms. So it might be that if we go on holiday to a foreign country, that we are ambassadors as we go for the country that we go from in terms of our behaviour, how we conduct ourselves. And we sometimes hear about it, unfortunately, from a negative point of view, certainly a few years ago in terms of football supporters that would go abroad from the UK and there would be violence and trouble in other countries and they would be seen as poor ambassadors for our country through their behaviour that they would uh, undertake. But Paul, speaking of ambassadors here in the New Testament, what can we take from that and how can we take from uh, being an ambassador 
for Christ in this context? Well, there's three things that I want us to shortly look at in terms of what it means to be an ambassador for Christ. And the first one here is who can become an ambassador? Thanks, Helen. Personally, if I wished to be the French ambassador somewhere, um, I wouldn't have much hope. I could walk in to the French government, I could walk into the French ministry and tell them how much I loved their cheese and their wine and their bread and the French people and their language and their song, some of it which would be true. But regardless of those things, they would not allow me to be an ambassador for many reasons, but mainly because I'm not a citizen of France. I'm not a French personage, so I couldn't be an ambassador for France. And there are reasons why we might not be ambassadors for Christ. Paul is not saying here that absolutely everybody, every human being, is an ambassador for Christ. Who is he saying that is? Well, he's talking about people that are followers of Christ in the first place. They need to have a citizenship of God's kingdom, the kingdom that is sending us to be ambassadors into the world. We need to be citizens of that kingdom. Philippians chapter 3 talks about us having a citizenship that is in heaven. We belong to a different nation. We need to have this before we become ambassadors for Christ. And what does being a follower of Christ look like? It means... Quite simply, having a faith and a trust in him, putting him central in our lives, having an acknowledgement of where we stand before God, realizing that in and of ourselves we're separated from God. We can't have a relationship with him in our own strength, that sin separates us. Richard always talks about sin being that small word, but with a massive I in the middle of it, us being selfish, putting our own needs and our own wants before that. Of God. It's what separates us from God. But becoming a follower of Christ is gaining an understanding and a belief in Jesus Christ being sent by God to come down to us to renew our relationship with Him through His death on the cross and so that we become a follower of Christ. And for some, that's a gradual process. For some, there's a kind of a faith journey as we come into more of an understanding of what it means to be a follower of Christ, what it means to be a Christian. For others, we can perhaps put a flag in the ground at a moment in time when we said, yes, this was the moment that I declared my allegiance to God. I wanted him to be central in my life and I want to follow him. But regardless of which it is, once we get there, we become an ambassador for Christ. We don't get a choice in the matter there. Once we are a follower of Christ, we are all ambassadors for Christ in, here, in the land that we live in. So that's the who. Secondly, what does it mean to be an ambassador? Well, ambassador, in the first instance, is there to serve. One of our headlines from our Count Me In, to serve in teams here within All Souls. And being an ambassador is very much a a service. An ambassador represents the government's views, their policies, and to explain and carry these out to the host country The ambassador is not there to set their own agenda, to set their own message, to set their own policies. And very much in the same way, as we're ambassadors for Christ, we're we're talking about God's kingdom, we're talking about kingdom values, we're communicating these to those around us in the nations that we live in. We're not there to set our own policies, our own agendas, our own messages. We're there to give Christ's message of love love 
and reconciliation. We're told in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, that we should always be ready to give an answer to those that ask us to tell us about the hope that we have. But how do we do this? Well, quite simply, we need to grow in our faith, whatever stage we're at, whether we would consider ourselves not yet Christians or very new Christians or someone who's perhaps been a Christian for many years, we always need to grow in our faith, which is, again is one of our headlines from our camp meeting, growing in our faith together. As we see a young child, a baby, sometimes we think, oh, wouldn't it be nice if they just stayed like that the whole time? Usually when they're asleep, it has to be said. But we look at them and think, what a fantastic age, what a fantastic time. But we know that's not going to happen. We know that it's inherent in a child to grow, to get bigger, to get stronger, to get wiser. And that's the same for us as followers of Christ. We need to grow in our faith, in our understanding of God, to grow in our relationship with him. Which means that ambassadors were able to more confidently proclaim his message to those around us. How do we do that? How do we grow? Well, part of it is doing what we're doing now. We come to church, we learn together, we read the Bible, we think about things that God is speaking to us about. We pray together. We ask for God's will in our lives for him to lead us. Perhaps we join small groups, maybe a life group or a small group uh, that's studying the Bible or talking together about the things of God. Together we encourage each other and we grow in our faith and we grow in our understanding. But we don't need to be fluent in everything. We don't need to get to a certain grade. There's no exam to pass in our faith journey in terms of this is the point where we're now able to communicate the gospel to others. We're able to at any point. It doesn't matter if we don't know the full definition of justification and redemption and all the other shuns that are in the Bible as well. Sometimes it's as simple as just telling our story to those around us. What is it about God's love that's touched our lives? Why are we followers of Christ? What's made us choose to walk on this path and our own story of how God has touched our lives and put his love into our lives sometimes can be the most powerful thing that we can do? It says in 2 Timothy, preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season. Sometimes when we're expecting to be able to tell people the good news of Jesus and sometimes we're just not and it just happens and it might be someone we randomly bump into to be ready out of season to tell people the good news of Jesus. A quote that was attributed to Francis of Assisi says, preach the gospel always and use words if absolutely necessary. Preach the gospel always and use words if absolutely necessary. Preaching the gospel isn't all about us having to tell people, having to explain things to people. We can be the good news as much as we can tell it. Looking out for those people in society, the last, the lost and the least. How we represent God's kingdom values in the way that we live our lives, in the way that we think, in the way that we speak, in the way that we conduct ourselves can sometimes be just as powerful in communicating God's love and what we believe in as much as actually telling the gospel message. And are we out on our own 
No. In the same way that an ambassador gets an embassy for them, they get a staff, they get security, they get things laid on for them in the country that they would go to, we have help as well. God sends us, not in our own strength, but in the strength of the Holy Spirit who we have dwelling within us to give us power, to remind us of the things that he's taught us. We're not out there on our own at all. Paul reminds us that God's grace is sufficient for us. It's all we need. His riches that he's given to us at Christ's expense is enough for us. Why? Because his power is made perfect in our weakness. In and of ourselves, we can perhaps be quite weak human beings, but through God's power, we can do many things. And lastly, we've looked at the who, we've looked at the what, and finally, where, as ambassadors. Now, as far as I know, there is no UK ambassador to the UK. To be an ambassador, by definition, means being sent somewhere else, to another part of the world, to another nation. And in the same sense, we're being sent as ambassadors for Christ into a foreign country. Jesus prayed for his disciples just before he was crucified, and he prayed this prayer for them. He's praying to his Father, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they're not of this world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. And as you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. I don't know if you've heard the phrase, it's often bandied around about being in the world, but not of the world, which is kind of taken from this passage here. Meaning essentially that although we're in this world, this is not really our ultimate home. This is not where our roots are. But from this passage, sometimes that can be seen as a, as a bit of a negative thing. But actually from the passage, Jesus is actually saying the disciples, us, followers of Jesus, we're not of this world. We're not made for this world. We're made for his kingdom. But he's sending us here into this world. It's a positive thing to be sent here to be his ambassadors to share his love with those about us and communicate his gospel message. We're no longer living for ourselves in this world, but we're living for the worship of God, living to see his name glorified in all that we do. And rather than having ourselves central in our desires, we're seeing God at the centre of our desires. And that's not an easy thing because we can get sucked into this world very easily. I can get sucked into this world very easily. And what we're saying here is not that we shouldn't enjoy ourselves. God's given us many pleasures indeed. I spent a fantastic week last week in Cornwall enjoying beaches and enjoying the sunshine, enjoying being with friends and playing board games, which is my want, and the odd glass of wine as well. And we had a great time. And God's not saying here, that we should be dour and we should be miserable and not enjoy anything from this world. He's created it for us. But this is not where we put our ultimate hope. This is not where we put our meaning in this world. We're citizens of heaven and that's where we need to pray that our centrality is. That's where our desires are. That's what we're looking for in our lives.
And so as we walk alongside people, as we get to know them, we get to understand their needs, we can be good news to those around us. As an ambassador, it's important that they get to know the culture of the host nation that they're in, that they're being sent to. They might learn the language if it's a foreign language to them. They might try and understand the holidays, the cultures, the way people do things in the host nation. In the same way that Paul did in in Acts, he spent a lot of time with the Greeks there and he looked at their religiousness and he looked at how they would worship and he found an altar inscribed to an unknown God because the Greeks didn't want to miss out. They had a polytheistic um, culture there, many gods they had, and they didn't want to miss out by not offering worship to a particular god. So they even had an altar that was dedicated to an unknown god just to make sure they didn't miss any out. And Paul used this as he was speaking to them. He got into their culture and he was able to explain something about the unknown god that they didn't know about. And in the same way, in the land that we're in, even though perhaps we're sent to a foreign land, we're sent into the world, we're citizens of heaven but here, but we get alongside people, we understand their needs, and we're good news to them. Part of um, the tell portion of our Count Me In, I don't know if anybody's looked um, at the bottom of the, uh, of the leaflet that's there already, but this year we've added tell on here. And it's very simple in terms of a tick box that we've added to the tell, which simply says, I commit to praying for three people this year who don't yet know Jesus Christ. And that's something as ambassadors in terms of we can tell, but we can pray for people that will, that will come to know Jesus personally. And us as a church here, maybe within this congregation, 50, 60 people, maybe all praying for three people that we know that don't yet know Jesus in a personal way. How many people are we actually praying for and lifting up before God? That's such a positive way of being an ambassador for Christ. So to just summarise those points, firstly, Would we call ourselves a citizen of heaven? Is that something that you personally can identify with in terms of being a follower of Christ? Have you made that commitment to say, yes, this is where I stand. I'm a follower of Christ. I'm a citizen of heaven. That makes me an ambassador for Christ. Secondly, what do we all need to do to become more faithful ambassadors? In our lives, how can I grow more in my faith Do I need to spend a bit more time in the Word of God, maybe reading it during the week, meeting up with other people, reading books or listening to sermons to help me to understand and grow my faith as I'd seek to be a more faithful ambassador for Christ? And finally, the where and the tell. Where can I ask God to help me to be more faithful ambassador in my life? Is it in my family? Is it in our friendship circles, the places where we spend our leisure time? Maybe it's in our local neighbourhood, those that live around us. Maybe it's in our workplace, being an ambassador for Christ, living out the kingdom values, the value of God for those people around us that don't yet know him. 
And maybe it's that commitment from our Count Me In to pray for three people over this coming year that we know and to make a commitment to pray for them that they would come to know Jesus in a personal way for themselves over this coming year. Let's pray together.